This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. And once again, we record a show and we have Monday to thank. A couple of trades went down in the league. Thank you, Ice Dogs. Um, World Junior team got announced. Thank you, Hockey Canada and the IIHF, the World Juniors. That's just the Dolly partnership, you know, there's just a mutual respect there. Oh yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. The yeah. Ontario just had to get that in there. That'll be. I'm rocking the shirt today. Yeah, looks alright. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know what? The high school to the clothing uh, giraffe—they look pretty sweet. Like the shirts, like the dry fits—they're pretty mm-hmm. nice. You like your bulldogs ones? So. Sick. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. they look good. Uh, what else happened today? Oh, yeah. 15 OHLers are going to the top prospects game. Um, so that's exciting. Um, yeah. We have our goaltender and player of the week to chat about. Um, and we are about a month away from the deadline. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to have some fun here. And because we have a month, and obviously, there's a trade freeze once the World Juniors go on. But yeah, buyers and sellers. It's going to be a fun segment number two, that's for sure. Um, who should buy and who should sell? And well, Niagara made a couple of moves. One that thought sell and then one that didn't. But I like, I Colin like Ward liked I like that both. second move. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I think it's a good move. I think I I was preaching. I've been preaching that for the last three weeks, or whenever the Mem Cup uh, announcement came out. I think every team should do this. Sioux should be the next team to do it. Um, Saginaw already did it. Now Niagara's doing it. Kingston, Kingston's good. Kingston's a good team. Um, they're a team where you kind of hope to get some returnees next year. I mean, Ludwinski will be really good if a Curry or Curry comes back. You know, there's a top scorer. They're going to be a good hockey team next year as well if they get some guys back. But Niagara, it's a good trade. That was a good trade. We'll, t- we'll touch up on that in a few minutes. But that's mm-hmm. a very uh, – I like that trade. Um, I like Lavoie. I think he's a good player. I think it's a good trade if you keep him in the top six, you can continue to develop him. I mean, you got to continue to develop. And if you're going to host the Mem Cup or if you're going to have a rebuild, I think it's big to go after this 04 group. I think there's a lot of good O4s, and I think there's a lot of good O4s on good hockey teams that unfortunately are going to have smaller roles than what they had. And we talked about this at the start of the year, right, with certain guys having big gains, but they're on the third line, right? They can't find a way to get up there. If I'm a team that's in a rebuild, I'm all over those types of players. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be all over that. And that's why I like the move there for Niagara. I think it's a good move. They just got to continue to develop, continue to develop a wall. I mean, hey. Um, you got word from Joel Vanderland, right? Lavoie was with the Ottawa Senators, and Joel being with the Ottawa Senators, the Belleville Senators connection there. I talked to him for a half hour this afternoon, tonight, obviously recording on a Monday evening. Um, I talked to him for a while this afternoon about it. He looked very good in Belleville. They were very uh, – the, the Ottawa was very impressed with him um, this offseason. That's a very good move. I'm telling you, Niagara, it's a move where you look at it next year and the year after that, and you look back, and it's like – that's a really good move mm-hmm. because you look at the points, you look at the points right now, right? Just under a point a game. Oh, I'd have to look it up. I'm not, I wasn't prepared for that, but I have it somewhere. 
his points. No, no, and it, it's you think about it, a lot of people are going to criticize the Ice Dogs. Okay, Zito, yeah, you recoup some picks that you may have given up, and you know it works out. Yeah. North Bay going for a championship, and you know they end up getting yeah. Zito. Niagara gets picks, works out, and then. All of a sudden, exactly an hour later, actually, four o'clock for that North Bay trade and five o'clock uh, with Mrs. Saga. And they get Lavoie back up for a number of picks. And you're thinking, OK, I know we've put in a bid, but we got picks back that we could use to get guys. But then we just gave them away. Well, it seemed like a move that is going to favor the Ice Dogs for next year. And we talk about them having to get better on the ice. This move makes them better on the ice. Absolutely, it does. It makes them better for the future. And let's be honest, next year is the big year for the Ice Dogs. Next year is the year for the Ice Dogs. This year, right now, at this point, anyone who's a 19-year-old or an OA, I'm probably shipping out. They're on the block. Yeah. Um, they have they have some veteran defensemen out there in Niagara with a little bit of value that can get some picks. I think that's big because the Ice Dogs, the picks aren't there. And by the way, for Lavoie, he has 19 points this year in 29 games, 18 years old. That's a guy where I'm looking next year at this time. He probably has 29 to 35 points in the Ontario Hockey a point a game, just over a point a game. Next year's year, you want to host the Mountain Cup. That's a big one to have a 19-year-old. O-fours is what you have to do. You have to be all over O-fours. It's like being hungry on pucks. you got to be hungry on O-fours. Because if you're going to host the Men Cup, you have to have a good core group of O4s and some good O3s for next year to host it. Niagara certainly is starting to build like that. Sagan already has shown that. And I think that's what you have to do. And by the way, our effect on the Niagara Ice Dogs, last three shows that following week, they have done a move, which we have said. So that's been kind of uh, yeah, ironic. Right. That's why that's why we're saying the Delhi effect. Yeah. The connection. The connection. But, yeah, um, by the way, I'm just putting up the picks for what Niagara has. So they have one second this year, no thirds in the fourth. They have three seconds next year, no thirds. They have no thirds for the next three seasons, Reese. I think you have to go all in on thirds this year. That's why I think those veteran D-men that they have, those 19-year-old defensemen that the Niagara Ice Dogs have right now with some value – they can certainly get some thirds and then they can flip those thirds into O fours and build up for next season. So I think that's a, I think that's a move to watch for Niagara ice dogs, but mm-hmm. certainly uh, I, they're not, do- they're not done And what, what their cards are at with the card situation, it being what it is. I mean, very slim to me, that's still a good move getting the getting the law today, even with the card situation being so thin, like what it is right now mm-hmm. for them, but it's a good move. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll look at these couple of trades that the Ice Dogs made a little bit deeper, uh, probably when we get into the buyer-seller segment. Um, for sure, Niagara is going to be a topic of discussion that is a 1,000% chance of happening. But um, quickly run through the headlines before we hit that break. Maybe not quickly. We'll see how long it goes. Um, we will continue with the Niagara Ice Dogs. We'll start with the Players of the Week. Uh, Owen Flores takes home Goaltender of the Week. You may be thinking... Why well, he only had one win, you know, usually you see two or three wins from goaltenders. Well, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that he saw 81 shots in two games. Um, yeah, he stopped 77 of them. 
He came out with a win as well as a shootout loss. So the Ice Dogs pick up three out of four points on the weekend following a dismantling in Sudbury. Uh, the goals against average this weekend for back. Flores, uh, 1.44, save percentage of 963. It was a good Kingston team. They fell to in a shootout. 3-2 to two was the final score in that one. So uh, goaltender of the week this week is Owen Flores. Player of the week from the Oshawa Generals, it is Ryan Gagne. Two goals, six assists. He had eight points in three games for the Generals. He was a plus six as well. Five-game winning streak for the Generals is what they are currently on. Goal and three assists uh, to start the week. And I we're taking it back to Tuesday uh, when the Generals hit the road. And defeated the London Knights 5-3 to at Budweiser Gardens. And then it was a 7-2 to victory against Sioux. And a 4-3 win over the visiting Barry Colts in their Teddy Tusk game on Sunday. So, um, shout out to Ganya for winning OHL Player of the Week. And... Go ahead, Wardy. Hey, speaking of Oshawa, our first blog came out on Monday afternoon, too, by Nick. It's on our website site right now so go there and he had an interesting quote on Oshawa after their big weekend winning five in a row hell, he has his eye on Oshawa how they intrigue him so he is, he sees something there so Oshawa fans check it out OHL fans check it out check out this week's blog it's a good one I'm um, not going to want to miss it it's over on our website at the OHL in 60 podcast.com so go on there and also you can find the link tree on our social media as well Instagram Twitter Facebook so Get on there and check it out. It's a good one this week for the debut. But, yeah, um, just want to mention that because Oshawa is intriguing to Nick as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, got that going every Monday. Um, it's going to be out there. Link trees up in the Twitter bio as always, Instagram. Go click on it. Everything OHL and 60 that you need, it's up right there for sure. Um, headline number two, CHL announced that 15 OHLers will be headed out west to the 2023 Kubota CHL-NHL Top Prospects game. We are still waiting for that phone call for puck-dropping lessons uh, for the CEO yeah, of Kubota. Still waiting for that. That that was a night one of all time on the OHL and 60 podcast. That was night one. Colin Ward, do yeah. you remember night one and us teaching this guy how to drop a puck? I remember that clear as day. We got to find the Instagram video. Is it still on our Instagram? Yeah, well, probably somewhere. It, it might be on the very bottom, but yeah, I know yeah. the I know the emergency goalie things on there, so that has to be on there. Yeah, but yeah, that was when you look back in the history books. That's right up there. That and like the first effect with the goaltender situation at the World Juniors. Yeah. That um, those were big ones. Those were big ones. So. uh yeah, I got to scroll through Instagram and find that one and repost it because that was the day. Um, I remember that clear as day when I could not say sprawly to save my life. What a rough show that was for me. Oh, my. And I looked like a four-fighter on that. Like, I looked like just be out there, go through the motions, play five minutes a night type player there. So that was tough, but uh, it's been a journey. But, yeah, I remember botching sprawly on the first episode, and now I say it all the time just to uh, – just to keep yourself sharp. Keep yourself get the confidence you know. back up. Yeah. Get the confidence back up. Get a couple scoring chances. Yeah. That's all I'm asking for. 
Yeah. This top prospects game is January 25th at the Langley Event Center. Of course, this showcases the top 40 CHL players eligible for the 2023 NHL draft. Uh, for the full list of these teams, you can go to the OHL website, OntarioHockeyLeague.com. And of course, for the full rosters, uh, the Canadian Hockey League has posted it everywhere. So if you missed it, good job. I don't know how you missed it because they posted it all in a, in a lot of spots. So, um, yeah, it should, should be... Should be a very fun event. I know our eyes will be on it. Colin, you were at the one in Kitchener last year. Um, get out. We talked about time. how much fun that was. That was. So. Yeah. It was very unique. It's a good event to go to if you're a hockey fan. You know, because you go there not having a team to cheer for. It's like going there as media, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because when you go in there, you don't have a team to cheer for. You're just there to watch the prospects and watch good hockey. And the atmosphere is really good. You know what the atmosphere kind of reminded me of? It reminded me of a World Junior game. Um, very, uh, everyone was into it. And this year, having Connor Bernard playing so close to home in BC, that's a big, that's going to be massive. That'll be mm-hmm. huge. Because, man, Regina just went on their uh, Western Canada trip in the dub. Every single venue they, uh, Regina went to sold out to see Bernard. I mean, hey, you saw the clip, eh? You saw the clip of the GM coach for the Regina there. Um, yeah. Sound off in Kamloops. The media there with the Mem Cup bid there. The that was hilarious. Flying that about. was awesome. Yeah. yeah. You, we don't have that much in the Ontario Hockey League. We don't no. get that too much coaching us off on uh, media. But that. that no, we don't crazy. have any. Bro- we don't really that have any Brooksies here, eh? No Brooksies and Tortorellas. No. No, but there is a lot of media that, and I'm not judging at all, but there's a lot of media that go to press conferences and go to like post game scrums and not ask questions and take quotes, which is kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not a fan of that. But unless you unless you had that question, I guess. Or hang out on Twitter and don't go to games. Yeah, really Absolutely my yeah. point. Yeah. Absolutely my point. Um shout out to the Ontario Hockey League or the Canadian Hockey League, whoever came out with this. Um since the reintroduction of the top prospects game in 96, 15 players selected first overall in the NHL draft. Those players include Alexi Lafreniere, Nico Heischer, of course, Connor McDavid, Aaron Ekblad, Nathan McKinnon, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Taylor Hall, John Tavares, Steven Stamkos, Patrick Kane, Marc-Andre Fleury, Rick Nash, Vincent LeCavalier, Joe Thornton, and Chris Phillips. What a list that is, and it's going to get even bigger in yeah. June. Um, from the Regina Pats, Mr. Connor Bedard. Um, if he's not taking first overall, we got a problem here, man. So, yeah, absolutely. And by the way, last year's top prospects game, the best part, and I didn't forgot to mention it, was going up the Kitchener Auditorium elevator, walking out the elevator, dropping my jaw because it's Mr. Steve Eichmann in front of me. Obviously, us being Red Wing fans, it's a big deal. And if you don't know who Steve Eichmann is, he's the general manager mm-hmm. of the Detroit Red Wings, and he's kind of a big deal. Um, very much yeah. so. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, just a little bit of a big deal, yeah. He was kind of uh, very good. He's kind of a big part about the franchise. Mm-hmm. One of the most one of the most historic franchises in the National Hockey League, so yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah. Sounds For pretty sure. cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And finally, to finish off a Monday – 
World Junior team was announced following their final pre-pre-tournament game uh, against the U-Sports All-Stars from the Ontario Hockey League currently. I should say uh, Ben Godreau of the Sarnia Sting will be one of two goaltenders oh. out east. Ethan Del Mastro and Jack Matier are on the back end and Brennan Othman is up front. Um, of course, no longer a Flint Firebird. He is a Peterborough Pete. And then two OHL alumni, Brant Clark, formerly of the Barry Colts, now with the Los Angeles Kings. And of course, Thank Mr. You, Shane uh, Wright following a very successful AHL conditioning stint um, with Coachella, Coachella Valley. Those, those, are, those are solid uniforms, by the way. I would just like to mention that. Those what are very nice. Play. Yeah. What a spot to play in the American Hockey League, Coachella. Yeah, That's bad, tough. Eh? That'd be tough. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the six current and former Ontario Hockey League players that will compete for gold with Team Canada. Should be exciting. And I mean, we'll get to our World Junior show next week, isn't it? It's next week. Yeah, next week. Next next week is our last show. Yes, before Christmas. There's still still two more after this one before before we hit the new year. But yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Speaking, you know what? Speaking of Christmas, I have a story about uh connections back to hockey and uh christmas so i got lego for christmas the one time so i used to go to a babysitter like you know like before timbits like when you first start like skating like it's like during the afternoon Mm -hmm. um so i i used to go to a babysitter during the day and um so sister and i used to go there and uh around nap time when my sister fell asleep my dad would come pick me up to go uh, take me play like to go take me to play hockey Mm-hmm. at the at the arena uptown and uh so the one time i was out there i was skating and i was kind of dogging it and um my dad and my dad's like come on i'm like what are you doing like what are you doing <laughs> i was like my knee hurts my knee hurts so i come off the ice go in the dressing room um take my knee pads off and stuff right take all the equipment off you know how much of a pain that is mm-hmm. when you're a little kid Very um, much so and then I used to wear like the track pants with like the zip, like the pocket at the knees, mm-hmm. you know, like old school. Like we used to rock that at this kid. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I had a Lego, a piece of Lego right in my knee. I got it as a Christmas present. It was a Zamboni. It was a piece of a Zamboni. So <laughs> was it a wing Zamboni? Probably. All right. Nice. Uh, probably. Right. But yeah. That was all. that's my uh, one Christmas story this week, leading up to next week's nice. show. But geez, yeah, I gotta that... come up with a Christmas story now. Yeah, oh, geez, I feel like we gotta come up with one next week. Yeah, next next week we need our top five Christmas movies. Yes, top five Christmas yeah. movies. Mine's pretty easy to tell. Number one, but two, three, four, and five. That's that's the one. For me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I will. I will tell. I guess I'll tell a Christmas story right now. Um, so I guess this past Sunday was the Meridian Center staff Christmas party. So everyone yeah, was- got in, everyone got invited to the Meridian Center because my girlfriend works there. Um, I got to go. And of course, you bring your skates, skate on the ice. Uh, they had snacks or contests, which, by the way, I really hope I am celebrating later this week with a full Coors Light beer fridge. 
Uh, so no way. I'm looking. That is the top prize. It is a fully stocked Coors Light fridge with a Coors Light logo on the front of the fridge. And so I'm really looking forward to that. It's like the mountain. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So that'll be a very nice addition to the household. So. Yeah, don't worry. I'll be praying that I get that. Way. Like, let's let's go for that. But anyways, so yeah, there's you know there's food, beer, um, just a just a fun party, right? And you nice. just expect there to be you know Christmas music playing, and uh, you know just in the background while people are skating, people are hanging out and eating and stuff. I actually Did played. They, a, the they actually played a movie on uh, on the uh, on the video board at the Meridian Center. And have you ever That's seen cool. the night before? It so a it has Seth Rogen, so you know automatically it's pro- probably not PG. Uh, <laughs> no. Seth Rogen is in it. Uh, there are well, a bunch of who am I? Who else is in it? I'm trying to Mer- blank. Hey. Oh, this is bad. Meridian Center is the place that before James the Franco open, they is didn't in uh, bleep out the music. Yes, so, oh, that's true. And they true. have the loudest DJ in the OHL right now. Yeah, uh, worst DJ, but. Uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, Franco was in it. Seth Rogen was in it. Go, go look it up. It's a movie on Netflix for anyone that wants to see the full cast. Um, I just can't remember all their names. Uh, but anyways, because I didn't really watch it, I was skating around the whole time, skating laps around everyone. By the way, I just that's like to sweet. mention that. Um, yeah, that was awesome. It was How funny too because I had like my bulldogs hat six? on, so that was kind of funny. <laughs> Coat but, too. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, around. Hey, by the way, by the way, since Reese Dumani has left the Niagara Ice Dogs and well, since we joined the good side, what's the winning? I think I count, counted 15 in a row. Bulldogs yes. are 15 and 0 since. Yeah, the Bulldogs are undefeated the against the Ice Dogs since I uh, gave up being the host of Dogs TV. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a big effect. Like, that should be like a graphic. On like our Twitter, I'm in for like the hammer town, but this says 15 and oh, it's just 15 and oh, and that's what we should say. Just have like a big smile, like thumbs up, yeah, you know? yeah, that'd be wild. Hey. Oh my god, we're gonna have to do, do that. that. I'm gonna have to take a picture next time we're at first Ontario Center. We're doing that, all right, sorry, on the decided. catwalk, on the catwalk, hands yeah. in the air, yeah, <laughs> it'd be great, yeah, but uh, so yeah, this this movie, I mean, this is a longer story than I'm probably or this is a shorter story than I'm probably making it out to be, but uh, long story short, this was a movie that was not appropriate for a Christmas party. And not that there were like really young no. kids there at all. Like there are teenagers. That was probably the youngest. Uh, there's maybe a 10 year old there or whatever. But of course you get all the swearing, you get all the, you know, stuff that shouldn't be said at a PG event. So I thought that was funny. Meridian Center just didn't care. They just oh, put whatever right. they wanted on. It was funny. I enjoyed the movie, the parts that I watched. It was funny. Uh, Miley Cyrus was in it. So, oh, really? Yeah, back in her blonde hair days. Oh, oh, Hannah Montana. No, 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 no. Um, like, I just sang Hannah as Montana. in Wrecking Ball. So, oh, okay. Yeah. That was like 2012. Yeah, so I just pulled it up yeah, the night before school. 2015. It came out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Mackie in it as well as the cast. Gets pulled up in front of me. Um, yeah. So man, it's it's, it's a good movie. I'd I'd go watch it if you want to watch a Christmas movie that's not really about Christmas, but it kind of is. Um, 
you could watch it. It's funny. It's 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 a good like if you have people over, like really close friends where you're like drinking and stuff, it's a good movie for that. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that, that was my Christmas story. Um way too long, probably, but um, <laughs> it was fun. I mean, the Christmas party was fun. Got to skate on the Meridian Center ice. It's always been good ice. I've always enjoyed it. Whether or not players agree with me is a different story, but just wheeling um, around. Yeah, just wheeling around. Um I was told I could not bring a hockey stick, and then three other people showed up with hockey sticks and started playing with a puck. So, oh, that's the worst. Yeah, it was a little, that was a little rough to find out, but oh well, no big deal. Good time though. Yeah, it was. It was a good time for sure. Um, All right, it's time to move on, and time to talk about something important and not my uh, Christmas Christmas adventures. That was my fault. I brought that up off topic. That's a surprise to me. We're good. Hey, We're all right. It's almost that time of the year, you know. Who doesn't yeah. like Christmas? So we had yeah. to we had to tell a couple stories. Yeah. Hey, next week, next week, be ready because it's the last show before Christmas. Um, by the way, I'm done my Christmas shopping. I am not. One week later, I am done. At a like, boy, love that. I'm pumped. I am pumped. At a boy. But, yeah, we had to, we had to, like some sort of. It's almost that time of the year. Yeah, exactly. It is that time of the year. Yeah. yeah. All right, time for a break. When we come back, buyers and sellers. It's going to be a really fun segment. Uh, We already know what the ice dogs are kind of doing. I think they're going to be topic number one once we start the segment. So make sure you stick around for that. It is next here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast with Colin Ward. I'm Reese Demaney. We just realized something uh, during the break. We record on Monday, December 12th. Of course, the release on Tuesday evenings at seven o'clock every week, um, except for Christmas when there's no OHL, which makes sense. Um, The 12th of December is our three-year Twitter anniversary for the show account. And, of course, started as the Owen 60 podcast where we have uh, uh, two big chill banners, championship banners hanging from the rafters. Still, still very proud of that. Uh, A lot of of rants. Yes. A lot of of driving reports at the old studio. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. That was one of the best parts of the missed that like recording in studio mm-hmm. because like it was just a good time i got a memory i got a memory pop up on my phone the other day when um the wings were playing and uh they won and we had journey plan mm. i'll look i'll look it up and send it to you but yeah we had um don't stop believing uh cranked in the studio, psn studio yeah. and uh yeah after the wings won Those so were that, days. Yeah, yeah that was pretty cool but what a time big day saturday mm-hmm yeah, the official anniversary of episode one, the pilot, uh, is the 17th of December. So about four days away from the release. But of course, this is the last show until that anniversary. So we just wanted to point that out and give a shout out to to everybody who has contributed, everyone who has listened. Three very strong years, we have to say, for the show. We're running. Oh, we had some big, we had some God. tough times, too. Man, we had yeah. some tough times too. With the, I mean, with the whole COVID thing, go lumberjacks. You know, we made yes. it work. Like, man, there were shows 
for like a full year. We're legit. We just had Gaston from around the league. And that's all we could do. And like even getting Gaston, like when COVID started, it was so tough to get Gaston because like we would have to send like our questions to some of the communications people. We weren't allowed to talk about COVID. Like there were a lot of things we weren't allowed to talk about. And like there were some top talk, like there were some interviews for us. Like it was like we're getting ready for it. It's like so what can we ask? You know, and like yeah. we made we made it out of that, and it was uh, pretty cool. So uh, yeah, we went through like a year and a half there where there's no OHL hockey. We made it work. We actually grew. Just kind yeah, of crazy to think that we actually grew during a year and a half of no hockey. That's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. So that's a little pat on our backs for that one. I mean, not that we do that a lot. I don't think we do that a lot, but just with effects. effects. That's about it. Yeah, effects winning championships. Yeah, kind of a big deal. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, that's something to me where it's like the fact that we able we were able to grow during a time where everything was shut down when COVID nineteen came around, and we actually grew from that, mm-hmm. which is actually like pretty incredible. So that's something that we should be proud of. Right? So that's something that uh was really cool, and um, it's been a blast so far. So. Yeah, I know. I've enjoyed every Monday night just talking hockey, so it's been nice. Yeah, well, it's funny too, right? Because technically, staff of Bell Media were the only ones allowed in the studio, but we kept going in there every week, so it didn't bother me. I mean, I was allowed in there, but um, we were able to sneak the Mr. Ward in there, so it worked out all right. Um, Breaking the rules a little bit, but oh well. They fired me, so I'm going to tell them about it now anyways. I'm not. I'm not concerned, so... Uh, yeah, but no, I mean, yeah, you look back on it. I mean, I've got it pulled up right here. Um, the first interview we did uh, with a player, I should say, I think it was the first interview of all time, but at least the first interview with a player, um, episode 18. And again, we always push people to listen to this episode because it really uh, gave you an idea of what had actually happened inside locker rooms and inside arenas when the league got stopped and Hunter Jones did a phenomenal job of explaining, you know, kind of what went on in Peterborough, what went on at the PMC when all the news came down and, you know, Hunter Jones knew it himself. He goes, yeah, no, I'm, I'm probably done in the Ontario hockey league. And, And he was, which was very unfortunate. We didn't get to see him finish out his OHL career, but, uh, we know he's being very successful right now. Um, at the pro level. So uh, shout out to him and uh, shout out to all the work that he's put in. And again, can't thank him enough for being that you know, first guest on the show. And yeah, I just really set it off. Right. And uh, like you said, the fact that we are still able to go on was there. Sometimes we were every other week. Sometimes we were every week. And I guess it just depended on what was going on, but uh, we were still able to, to get shows out. Um, get our voices out, get, you know, some of these players who, whether or not that they did a whole lot of media interviews or did a whole lot of, um, you know, media scrums after games, gave them a chance to do that again, uh, you know, for a little bit longer, obviously a sit down interview rather than, a um, you know, just a quick two, three minutes, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, definitely good. Yeah. Yeah. We grew a status that year in the Ontario hockey league. Um, we gained a lot of respect that year 
during mm-hmm. uh, 2020, the canceled season, we gained a lot of respect that year when we battled. Um, and, uh, yeah, it paid off for us, that's for sure. Big so, time. Um, but, yeah, we gained a lot of respect for that. I mean, got a lot out of it, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah and, and like we always do, I think we do this more than – more than once a year um, at our anniversary, but uh, uh, shout out to all of the fans that listen, shout out to, you know, everyone uh, who we've spoken to, whether it be at arenas or, you know, maybe over the phone or, you know, just a quick text or message on Twitter here and there. Uh, Shout out to all of you. Of course, the fans are number one, um, the Ontario hockey league. And again, we, we talk about it all year last year, right down to game seven of the OHL finals, which was absolutely needed after a season that did not happen. Um, We just want to give a shout out to all of the listeners and everyone who supported us. Um, Matty Rowe out West. We're going to get there one day. Trust me. Um, After seeing Regina, you know, I mean, the hundredth Memorial cup was a few years back now, but um, after seeing that and after, you know, having Connor Bedard in the building, you know, we got to go see a Regina Pats game. So, Maddie Rowe, we're going to make it out there one day. Yeah, that's a spring chip, 1,000% it is. You the minus 40. We're from Ontario, yeah. Maddie. Yeah, absolutely. We're not, we don't, we're not, uh, we're not built like that. But hey, I wouldn't mind going up there, going to a Pats game, then hitting the golf course. Yes. There's, there's a couple yes. nice golf courses out there. Yeah. So that'd be good. Yeah. Uh, as well, Brad Urbanowitz. Yes. In London. Shout out to you as well. You two have been uh, been the OGs. So. They want, yes, yes, yes. So um, always got to shout them out. Big part of the show. Big reason why we keep doing this. Um, it's got to yeah. get out there. Junior yeah, hockey big, is awesome. Yeah, big thanks to everyone who listens. We really appreciate it, and um, thank you. Like, thank you. Like, I can't yeah. say it enough. Like, appreciate it a ton, and um, you know. It was pretty cool. It's like we felt a lot of value when we joined the Bulldogs network, the audio network this this past fall with the Hammertown podcast and full time on their network um, with a bigger role there. And when we got messages and stuff about hopefully the show doesn't discontinue, like hopefully we keep doing this. And that was really a, that was really cool. You mm-hmm. know, that was really that was really special to me and I'm sure it was for you as well um, to get that feedback and to hear that you know it shows the worth and um, very appreciated of it like really appreciate it and uh, yeah thank you to everyone who listens um, really appreciate it and um, we enjoy being able to talk OHL hockey with you wherever you are mm-hmm. um, thank, thank you for taking us with you throughout your day like that's an honor like that's so cool like, I don't think there's not much more cooler than that, right? Like, being able to, like, be part of someone's day like that and be able to, like, be a part of their routine. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very appreciative of it. And uh, thank you very much. Like, yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, and we still got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, this this show wouldn't have started without, you know, TSN 1150, that opportunity to have an open studio. And I mean, it was unfortunate. The fact that they only had one show, Mm -hmm. one live show a day made no sense at all, but uh, uh, still a shout out to Mike neighbors. The, uh, my former boss, former program director uh, at TSN 1150. And then Marshall Ferguson, Kyle Mello. This show is very much 
a mirror image of what Martian Mello used to be. You know, you and, and, and as much as we want to take take this show seriously and take the take the league seriously, which I mean, we do. We want to get in the business. We want to start, um, you know, being a full time members of the media, whether it's the Ontario hockey league or wherever we move up to one day, that is the goal. Um, but just a shout out to that show in the mornings from six to nine on TSN 1150. Yeah. Uh, that's where it all started. This show is essentially based off that because as much as serious as it can be, it is sports. And, uh, yeah, we'd like to have a lot of fun with it. And that's why we go off topic a lot, right? When you see something stupid outside at work or, you know, if something <laughs> wild happens, you just got to talk. Driving about it. Who cares? Like you can't Driver's it, report. Yeah. It's, it's tough to talk serious about sports for 60 minutes if you're not having fun. And that's essentially what we learned from being at TSN 1150 and, you know, listening to Marsh and mellow in the morning. So yeah, have fun with it. Um, so it yeah, sounds like we, people have enjoyed it so far. So we're going to keep doing it. It's been three yeah, years. Growing. So yeah, we keep growing. Yeah. So, this being the growing. 116th edition of now the OHL and 60 podcast. So to everyone who has been a part of this, whether directly or not, uh, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Um, yeah. And it's going to continue. So Incredible. Um, we're going to hit a break because that's enough for the sob segment. Um, back to hockey. We're going to take a break. And, uh, like we said, we kind of had a little bit of a song there for a second there. Uh, Wardy, we are going to, we are going to do the, uh, buyers and sellers. Yeah. yeah we ended up not doing and that. Power. Then we'll do a power ranking. Yeah. Sell and power ranking. Yeah. That is segment number three. And that is how we will wrap up this week's show. All of that is next on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Time for one final segment. Um, and it's a fun one. Like we teased and then we didn't even talk about it last segment, but who cares? Um, buyers and sellers as we approach the month-ish mark until the trade deadline. The trade freeze still will come into effect in about a week's time. So there's that, but once that ends... Time to make some moves. We will see buyers. We will see sellers. We will see people not do anything. And with the amount of cards the Ice Dogs have, you expect them to not be one of the busiest teams on deadline day. But uh, we will have to see. They're getting all their business done beforehand. So um, we might as well jump into it now, Colin. The two Niagara trades on Start Monday. From the bottom. Start from the bottom in the league standings to work their way up. Yeah, we can do that, and we won't spend hours upon hours on each team. No. We'll, we'll just certain teams that are questionable, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll start with the East. We'll start. We'll start with the East, and then we'll start with Niagara. We'll start from the bottom to the top because the top's the easy one. We'll start from. Yeah, I was gonna well, say. I think the top is maybe not easy, easy but yeah, you do have an idea of what teams are going to do uh, as. You know, most teams approach the 30 game mark. Peterborough's already hit that 30 game mark. Um, but, you know, so it's Guelph and Saginaw, but, um, and Sarnia. Jeez, I should have just listed really? it off instead of just hitting and and and, but oh well, no big deal. 
it's the middle of the pack that's interesting to me in each conference, right? That's always mm-hmm. the debate. But um, yeah, we'll start with Niagara. I mean Niagara. Yeah. Niagara, as we as I said in the first segment, they should be all over O fours. If they want to, if they're serious about the Mem Cup, you got to get O four. You have to have a good core group of O fours next year. But they need to get some picks. Um, Niagara certainly needs some picks. So by doing that, obviously, I believe they should sell. Um, they have they have veteran defensemen out there on that roster with some value around the league that can help out. You mm-hmm. know, and after what and after what Pasquale Zito went for today, and Pasquale Zito is going to be a third line player in North Bay, third maybe fringe second line player, but he'll be that seventh forward in North Bay. And um, what they got for Zito, I believe they should be all in on it, all in on trading some of their veteran depth defensemen that they have. Yeah. And uh, maybe flash a forward out there that it's kind of a surprise to get some picks and uh, see what happens. But I look at their picks going into this year's draft, 2022 draft. They currently have one second. The Niagara Ice Dogs, they have no thirds, which is a very big talking point. Because we talked about this before the show. They need to get some thirds. And they have none for the next three years, Niagara. 2022, no thirds. 2023, no thirds. And 2024, no thirds. So that's a trait. That's something – for me to watch for, I think that they're going to make a move here and um, they need to get some picks and they could possibly flip those picks as we saw throughout the year as they made 22 moves already. Mm-hmm. I believe that's a move where they can make that move and possibly upgrade as well. So I think they should sell slash buy for next year. And that's a team, in my opinion, that should sell their veterans for mm-hmm. picks and turn that into a quality 04 hockey player if you want to host an M Cup next year. That's my opinion on Niagara. Yeah, and we've kind of already broken down that Lavoie trade about uh, kind of what he brings to the table for the Ice Dogs and Pasquale Zito. I mean, for for him, you go from the Ice Dogs, like we said, being in last in the Eastern Conference, starting from the bottom, going to the top. That's what Pasquale Zito is doing right now. Um, Going from the Ice Dogs to the Battalion. We talk about... Now, you know, it's been a what a year or two since he's since he got drafted by uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Is you know, he's playing for a contract this year, absolutely. And I think the fact that he's moving from Niagara to North Bay, uh, you know, whether or not Steve Eiserman's the one that's going to be watching to see if he deserves a contract, but uh, the front office for the for the Red Wings will be, I'm sure, Sean Horkov will be keeping a very close eye. On Pasquale Zito in the North Bay Battalion. Like you said, he'll probably be second, third line guy uh, for the battalion. And I mean, you know, if you if you learn your role, Red Wings organization is a very big fan of guys who know their role and who are able to play to their role and play uh, within a certain system. So we'll see if Pasquale Zito is able to do that with the North Bay Battalion. So, yeah, as yeah. Red Wing fans will be watching, but... Um, OHL fans as well too. This this move makes a lot of sense for the battalion and for Zito himself. Uh, yeah, absolutely. On to Sudbury. Uh, yeah, on to Sudbury, and we kind of talked about them before we started the show. Colin, Joe Ranger is in net for them, and what team in the Ontario Hockey League could use him? Yeah, you know the OA an OA goaltender. It's very interesting, right? It's tough to trade for an OA goaltender at the deadline because. It's one of those situations where a lot of teams have all their OAs right now. And you look at Ottawa, a team that can use an OA, they have to get a goaltender. So that's not mm-hmm. a fit. That's not a fit there. But the thing that I'm interested in with Sudbury, they have a lot of 04s that are good with a lot of value. 
possible though Sudbury can be a team that's good for next year so where maybe they could trade some old freeze get some picks there you have Boudreaux McCallum um Larmond you have some guys there that can get some picks you look at Sudbury's draft picks they have two seconds this year they have a third and they have a fourth um so that's okay they have a stockpile there but I look at this for next year right I think if you could trade a couple of threes that you have right now in your system that have a little bit of value that can get some picks I think you look at next year right where 2023 draft you have one second two thirds you could get a third in this year's draft and get a second for next year all of a sudden you have some stockpiles for next year when you have a good hockey team a team that can compete it's a team that can get better with a couple picks that can make a move that can put you over the hump like what we saw with Peterborough Pete's getting Brandon Hoffman I think that's a move where the Sudbury Wolves, if they can really play their cards right and get it and get a couple picks back and get a few picks for these old three players that they have, I believe that that's a spot where they could put themselves in a very good situation to get a quality player from a vet from a desperate team who goes for it this year that has to make the moves next year to get picks back. So I believe that's a team that could sell some good quality old threes that they have and get a lot of picks to build for next year, and that they can make a move to get better for next season as well and compete. Because Musty's going to be back. Goyat's going to be back. That's a good hockey team there. And they got a core. So I believe that they could trade some of their own threes. Yeah, and we talk about how much value going to an NHL camp adds to a player. Uh, That will definitely be the case for Quentin Musty for sure. Um, Oshawa Generals. They're in the interesting category of one five what, row, what are you but... going to do? And, I mean, we can group a lot of teams into this category. Hamilton will probably be in there. I think what we've seen from Mississauga over the last 10 games or so, we could throw them into that category, and especially after this Lavoie move. Um, and then as well as the Barry Colts, right? We could throw all these teams and maybe make one small point on all of them about, you know, these are the in-between teams of yeah, what do you do? What are you going to do? Uh, so we'll start with the Oshawa Generals here, Colin. They have Callum Ritchie, who is a very highly touted prospect uh, for the draft. Um, he's going to come back, like we talked about, with Musty, with that NHL rookie camp and possibly main camp experience, depending on how well rookie camp goes. Yeah. Um, you get Lever and Net. You've got Harrison. You've got your captain, Leighton Moore, on the back end, who sent the teddy bears flying this past weekend. Um, in Oshawa just a quick point on them about you have yeah. you have a lot of talent and uh, are you going to move it are you going to stay put um, because as well from the business side of things you still have to sell tickets for the rest of the year and it's tough to do that when a lot of your main guys have been traded away you know what I look at Thomas Stewart and 03 it's similar to Sudbury right where they have some 03 spots next year where guys won't be back Thomas Stewart probably going to be back for an 08 year next year but that's a piece of veteran D-man who can log some fourth to six, uh, six roll or six spot in the deep mm-hmm. side uh, minutes, and that's an important spot to have that guy in the lineup for a deep playoff team. So I look at I look at him as a possibility. But really, there's only one player on this team who I see getting shipped out, and that's Brad Harrison. I see the London Knights all over this. This is all London Knights to a T. He's from Dorchester, Ontario, just at the road. He played for the London Junior Knights. This, to me, is all London Knights, Oshawa Generals. And we saw the moves before. 
And I believe Brett Harrison is probably – he's a drafted player. He's got AHL ability next year. I believe he's a guy who would be the one guy to watch for in this lineup as a lock. But other than that, it's hard to say, right? But when you look at their lineup in 03, likely not going to be back for an 08 year next year. Mm-hmm. I have the London Knights written all over Brett Harrison. And you imagine him in that London lineup, that would fit. Yeah. That would fit. Yeah. They need a guy like that. Absolutely. Uh, Hamilton Bulldogs. Logan Morrison is second in league scoring. Avery Hayes is tied for first in goals. Ryan Winterton is coming back after Christmas. Matt Turek. (laughs) Um, A lot of sleepless nights. (laughs) What do you do? Well, we're lucky enough to get a lot of talks from the Bulldogs. Being on the Bulldogs audio network, covering the team, being on the audio network, we get a lot from the Bulldogs. The one thing that I believe the Bulldogs are big on is 04s. 04s, get that get that rookie, that core built for next year. They have a lot to get 04s. They'll have a very they'll have a decent team next year. I mean, Winston likely moves on. Um, but they'll have a good team. Donovan will be back. Um Janowski as a now a second year player. Merrick Van Acker is a second year player. They're gonna have a very good core. Patrick Thomas, Cole Brown. That's a that's a quality team. Florian Jacki. Adrian Rebello, like the list goes on. So it's one of those situations where what what do you do? I, from what I've heard, I've heard and I heard there was a big talk from the one team who has an OA spot open. That's the Ottawa 67s. I think they should be all over Logan Morrison. I think they should be all over that. If I'm the Ottawa 67s, why not, right? See mm-hmm. what North Bay is doing. And you look at what Logan Morrison brings to the table, and I think it. And I know it's. I know it's a tough move to make, but if you can get the picks, then you slide Ryan Winterton into the Logan Morrison slot on that top line. I think that's what they do. I think if they get the get offer, they will make that move to get the picks that they lost last year because they sold a lot of picks. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's one off. That's one team to watch for. But I think they go after 04s, build for next year to have a quality team next year that can compete for a second round in the playoff spot. Playoffs in the year after be an OHL contender again. But the venue thing makes it interesting, too, with the Bulldogs, right? The venue definitely makes it interesting. What are they going to do in that venue, right? Do they want to go for it this year, yeah. uh, last year in the venue? Um, that's something that's going to make it very interesting to see as well. Mm-hmm. What do they want to do there? But yeah. that's what I think they do. Mississauga Steelheads, 2-7-1 and one in their last 10 games. Um They've yeah. lost two in a row as we speak on a Monday night. Uh, their goal differential is minus 12. Not the team that we saw early on. They will be without Del Mastro for a while after the World Juniors are over. They do get Owen back back. Uh, they still have Del Bell Belouz. Cal to get uh, yeah, suspended. They, this is still a this is still a good team, but. Again, in that situation of okay, maybe we're not as good as they as we originally thought to start the year. Um, this has not been good, um, mm-hmm. and I mean you could talk about their venue as well. Not that there's a whole lot of pressure on the players. This is the last year of their deal at the. I'm still going to call it the Hershey Center because it sounds way better. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainties with this Mississauga Steel's heads team moving forward. And I know they want to get a deal done with the arena. Um, they want to be in Mississauga for next year. But 
the team on the ice right now is not top quality in the Ontario hockey. They're not, they're not playing their roster. Yeah, decisions have to be made here. And, I mean, we, they traded away Lavoie to the Ice Dogs, got picks. Now, whether yeah. or not that means a big move for Mississauga to get but them they, back into contention, we'll see. But, um, yeah, sixth place in the Eastern Conference right now. I'll tie it for fifth with Barry, but – um, I'm sure they expected themselves to be up where North Bay is competing for that Central Division Championship. Absolutely. Um, this team's underperforming. Yeah, they're 13-12-3. That's not the standard that they wanted at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. That's not their identity. That's not what they wanted to be. Um, I, just, I, had, I threw this out there before we came on air, Reese, and I just thought, you know, they have an 0-3 captain of their team and we saw this before is this a team where they trade a guy like Del Mastro to get a quality get 03 or quality 04 that can be there for next year to play with back in Del Bell Blues mm-hmm. is this the type of team because I believe they're still going to trade one they got to trade one of their OAs yet they have to trade one of their OAs they have one two three Four OAs, right? Yeah. Yeah, they have four right now. So they have to trade one of those. Hardy, Uberti's been a scratch. Um, Casper Larson, and then Callahan has just been suspended. Um, so they have four. So that's something that they're going to do. They got to make a move on their OAs. Um, and I was just thinking, like, is this a move where you kind of trade a guy, kind of like what Barry did last year, right? Where you bring him a, uh, McDonald there, and then you trade a guy like Olsen, and you kind of make that move. Mm-hmm. I can see Mississauga kind of doing that, trading Del, Del Master to a team like Windsor or a team like London in the Western Conference, who's a good hockey team who has a lot of cards. I could see that happening. Or Owen Sound, who desperately needs defensemen. Um, I could see that type of move happening just because, why not? So can you imagine seeing a trade here like, you look at Owen Sound, who has a lot of forwards, right? A lot of young forwards. Oh, four group hubs. I've got a ton on the show, but that's that's massive at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at their group that they have up front. They have a lot of depth up front. Owen Sound, I could see that in picks going to Mississauga, a young forward next year that steps up and plays with a Bechdel Bell Belize. And then they take that step up next year in Mississauga. And it's just an just an age thing, right? With uh, Del Mastro, but that's a yeah. that's a thought there that I had in my head before. It probably won't happen, but that's something there where it's like, well, we can get picks and get better for next year when we have Beck coming back. We have Del Bell Blues coming back, so we have a pretty good core set up. We have a leadership group. Maybe we get a chance next year, right? So that's one situation I'm looking forward to, to seeing turn out here in uh, Mississauga. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry Colts kind of round out that. What are they going to do category in the Eastern Conference? Um, no, I mean, we're not going to throw Peterborough in there despite the three and seven record in their last 10, but uh, the Barry Colts are interesting. Um, I still think that goaltending trade, uh, getting Thornton in the offseason was solid. Uh, Barry Colts are over 500. They're 12, 9, 3, and 2 on the season, 29 points um, with games in hand. Four games in hand on Peterborough, who they're only yeah. two points behind. Uh, Kingston Frontenacs, they are three points behind them with three games in hand. I mean, we're, North Bay and Ottawa are on a different level than the Barry Colts, but uh, 
You're within striking distance. Your roster is good, but there's a lot of potential that has still been unseen from the Barry Colts this season. I think Bo Gelsma would be one of the first guys to say, I got to follow up that great season last year and be a little bit better than I have been so far. Barry has a lot of picks too. Barry mm-hmm. has a lot of picks they could work with to get back in there and u- utilize those games in hand. They have two seconds this year, three thirds next year. No, f- oh, they have one for this upcoming year, and then next year they have two seconds, three thirds, no fourths. The twenty twenty four draft, they have one, two, three, four, five seconds, five seconds. So they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. Yeah, they have nine second-round picks over the next three years to work with. Mm-hmm. They can make a big move if they want to. So, they're on the fence for me. I don't know what they do. It depends how this weekend goes for them, right? If they have a good weekend, well, you got nine second-round picks. You see, that's that's nice. That's tempting, mm-hmm. right? So, we'll see what happens there. But they have nine seconds. So, they can definitely do some damage if they want to. But it depends how this weekend goes going into the roster freeze. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I – I got the Colts schedule popped up, and I mean, this show is going to be released on December 13th. So whether you're listening to it on that day or afterwards, this game will have already happened. Sudbury Wolves and Barry Colts. Sudbury's your first opponent this week. Then you get the Guelph Storm on Friday, albeit in Guelph. Um, And then it's tough to finish it off before the break. A home and home with the North Bay Battalion. Um, So if you're Barry and... You know, if you're still interested in buying one or two guys and putting yourself in a position to win one or two playoff rounds, those first two games, you have to get four points out of and then hope to get one or two on the weekend against North Bay in that home and home. And yeah, you couldn't have said it any better, Colin. This weekend means a whole heck of a lot for the Barry Colts in terms of what they are going to do after that trade freezes over. So. Um, they are currently in fifth, but those games in hand definitely help uh, with uh, with the decisions. I think they'll make some of them up this week. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to have coming into the last week before Christmas. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. We are running out of time, Wardy. I think this is just going to be an Eastern Conference week, and then we, the we, we hit the week. Western Conference next week. Um, so we're into that, into that top tier or expected top tier. Um, in the Eastern Conference, we got Peterborough, Kingston, North Bay, and Ottawa. And we're going to start with Peterborough. It has not been the stretch that the Peets were wanting with Brennan Offman. He is now gone for a long time. And I say long like it's going to be two months. It's like maybe just under a month. But uh, it's still a significant amount of time. But but it's weird. Do the Peets benefit at this time to kind of recapture what they were before Brennan Othman? And then once he comes back, they're maybe able to better get him into that system or you know make it an easier transition. Because a lot of the hype was all around Othman. It's Peterborough's conference now, Peterborough's conference now. But, you know, no, it hasn't been since he's come over, right? And the Peets, whether they're – they won't enjoy the time away from Othman. I can tell you that. Anybody wants Brendan Othman to be playing on their team for the entire season. But uh, this might be a blessing in disguise for the Peets to kind of recapture – what kind of team they are. And they have played the most games in the Eastern conference, the only team in the Eastern conference with 30 games played, but in order to make yourself the contender that you want to be following an Othman trade, you cannot go three and seven in a 10 game stretch. 
Absolutely. They're going to three and seven in the last 10. Good point in their picks. They only have two picks right now in the first four rounds of this year's draft. They have two seconds, and that's it. Next year's draft, they only have one pick in the first four or two picks in the first four rounds, mm-hmm. including their first. And, for, for and anyone that's a third out, round pick. For anyone out there, I know we're not including first rounders. Those don't count in these. You cannot yeah. trade those. So trade don't them. worry exactly. about that. Don't add us. We know that you can't trade first rounders. That's why we're, we're not including them yeah. as part of this deadline talk. Exactly. So they have, after the first round, they only have one in the first four rounds, one pick, and that's in the third. That's Sarnia's third. And then this year, after the first round, they only have two seconds, and that's it until the fifth round. That's not a lot of picks. No. That's not a lot of picks. So if they want to do something, they'd have to trade one of their younger forwards in the bottom six with potential um, and then trade a, a second from this year, and that's risky. You don't have a lot of picks to work with, right? So if it doesn't work, if it doesn't work, you trade all those picks, and it's over. It's mm-hmm. a long rebuild if you do that. You don't get anything out of it. And it's something that's very interesting to watch. I think they need defense. Um, I don't know how well they defend. Um, I think that's something that I look out for. And they definitely got to gain some picks back here because they don't have a lot of picks to work with. So this is probably their team. I don't think they do that much. I don't think they can do that much. They don't have a lot of picks to work from. They have two Mm -hmm. picks this year in the first five rounds. That's not a lot to work with. What type of player are you looking at, right? You have two seconds. You have two seconds that you can trade in the first five rounds this year. So who can you trade two seconds for, right? That's basically it. It, it, So you're kind of forced, if you're going to make a trade, you got to trade one of your bottom six younger guys with potential if you want to do that. I don't know if they want to do that because that gives it a long road ahead. And also with Austin being out, Tucker Robertson. Look for Tucker Robertson to play. Tucker Robertson's game point production went down when, when they made the Austin trade. And uh, it was similar to last year. I remember when Tucker Robertson started off the year, he skyrocketed, right? He was getting a point a game, over a point a game. He was unreal. Then McTavish came back, and then we start to see him drop off again on the second line. We're seeing that this year. Look for look for Tucker Robertson to be that guy, elevate his game with Brandon Austin out of the lineup. That's the big one. If Robertson can get his game going again, do what we've saw him do before, this team will be okay. But that's the big spot. Veteran player. Veteran player, right? You want to win, it's on your veterans. They're a veteran team. So that's a big one for, for me to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, you talk about the picks, you, or lack thereof, um, would be a better term to use. Uh, you take a look back to last season about the Stillman trade that didn't happen. And I think that really plays into the pick situation that the Pete's um, are in right now. Uh, so I just wanted to get that point across uh, before we move on to Kingston. But uh, yeah, it definitely kind of makes you shake your head and be like, oh, geez, if they would have been a little bit quicker with their decisions, they'd probably be a little bit better off. Um, but that's besides the point. Happened last year. No big deal. Um, no big deal for Peterborough. But um, now the Kingston front knacks. Kingston. Um, there is talk, right? Would come yeah. back at one point. I don't think that's going to happen now, unless right after the World Juniors, Seattle says go back to junior. Then again, the debate comes up about will be he be a front knack? You want to debate? You want to debate? Um, I think Grant Clark's closer to coming back than Shane Wright. I think Grant Clark's closer to going back to Barry. 
and Shane Wright and Kingston. And that hurts Kingston because they don't have a lot of picks. Yeah, so what? where is Kingston at? They're interesting as well. You know what? You think they're a team that just, like, they, just stays. they're so dependent. Well, there's, yeah, and, like, kind of sells to get better mm-hmm. for next year. Like, for, yeah, for, for the, the Mem Cup. Cup. Right? Yeah. 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 Like, they put in for the Mem Cup. They have one second this year, that being Niagara. So they have be pretty decent. Yeah. They have no third and they have a fourth. Next year, 2023, they have no seconds, no thirds. One fourth, it's a conditional fourth round pick from London. And then the following year, 2024, they have no seconds, one third, and that's London's in a fourth. They don't have a lot of picks. They do not have a lot of picks. You know, yeah, at the, yeah, you made me almost go into liquidation mode just to recoup picks to get stars for next year. Um, then again, it, the situation changes if you don't get the Memorial Cup because then you're not necessarily going for it. Whereas, obviously, if you have it, you have to be good on the ice in order to try and bring home a Mem Cup on home ice. But, um, you know, it really – and that's, that's the crappy thing we talk about with Kingston, Niagara – Saginaw and, and Sault Ste. Marie. Saginaw is really irrelevant in this conversation because we know how good they're going to be. But, um, you know, you're really basing moves off of what could be next year, yeah. not what is going to be next year, what could be next year. Well, you're in a spot right now. You're in a situation where it's like we want, we're all in on hosting the M Cup. But then I can tell you right now, once you're done, like once you get the news, if you don't get it, because three out of the four teams are going to receive, they're not going to host the M Cup. Mm-hmm. That's when you're in the that's when you're in the mindset where okay, then we're going to try to build to get their player away there, and we see that every year, right? And that's something where maybe that's where they fall into, but they don't have a lot of picks, and it's tough to do something. It's it's tough, right? Because I think this year's deadline in the East, especially. There's going to be so many teams jockeying for position to where you got to make a tough decision. What are you going to do? And some teams are in a good spot right now. Maybe you won't be able to make, won't be able to buy. And that's mm-hmm. where I look at where like, that's where we talked about how Hamilton, when they get Winterton back, if they don't make the Morrison trade. You look at the top six on Hamilton of Winterton, hum- Winterton, Morrison, Hayes, Humphrey, Brown, Thomas. That's pretty solid. Yeah. That's pretty solid. All top, all and a very good rookie, Merrick Van Acker on the third line. Yeah, Florian like, Jack. I lost yeah, the shirt. Yeah, like that top six that, that I just mentioned. Those were top seven players last year on the team that won. Ryan Humphrey played a big role. Patrick Thomas played with Mason McTavish. Ryan Winterton played with Mason McTavish on the second line. Logan Morrison was MVP. Avery Hayes was top scorer. That's big, you know, like. So they have they have a decision there, but mm-hmm. that's a, that's for another time with them. Yeah, on the on North Bay. Yeah, the North Bay Battalion, the front runners for the Central Division, um, as we speak right now, they are oh twelve points ahead of the next closest team, and that being yeah. Barry Colts and Mississauga Steelheads, and they. Uh, just continue to get better. They made a move to go get yeah. Pasquale Zito. They gave up the picks um, that they had to to go get them. Um, North Bay is going for a championship once again. And 
It's like it, it's a lot of nights. It's not fair when you play the battalion, uh, especially when you go on the back end. When you go in the net, um, they've made moves up front to score even more goals. They're just good all the way from yeah. the top to the bottom. And I uh, just want to shout out uh, for nobody that saw the tease or for anybody that didn't see the tease on Instagram and Twitter, the North Bay Battalion are unveiling something pretty freaking cool on yeah. Thursday. Um, so make sure you keep your eyes out for that. All social media pages for the North Bay Battalion on Thursday. That should be pretty cool. Um, some promotion off the ice for the really good team on the ice. Um, you know, you expect maybe one or two moves for the, the battalion to make, but yeah, then but again, you look, you look at the moves that they've already made and you think, do they have to? They don't really have to. Yeah, they don't really have to. And you look at the picks they have. They have no seconds this year. They have two-thirds. They have two-fourths this year. Next year, they have a second, two-thirds, and a fourth. And the year after that, they're straight up. Second, third, and a fourth. So... They do have picks, but they don't, you know. Mm-hmm. So possibly we could see that those thirds get moved. They have two this year and two next year. We could see that happening for yeah. depth defensemen. You know, yeah, that's the thing. Eh? I feel like we're into depth moves now for the battalion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And today was a depth move with Pasquazino yep. on Monday. That's yep. a depth move with uh, Pasquazino. So look for a defensive move like that. You know who? You know what I'm looking for. I wonder if Niagara flips David Jesus or uh, Nathan Rebo to uh, North Bay too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be older players though. Older players though, so that's an interesting situation there, right? But mm-hmm. Rebo being in OA, Jesus being in OA, so that's a tough move to make. But I just want, like, I'm just one, so that would be tough. I doubt that happens, like, because with their OA situation being what it is, North Bay. But I can see them getting a veteran O three defenseman. You know, that play that fifth, sixth role, yeah. um, something along those lines. But, yeah, you know, it would be interesting. Um, guy, we say, guy, we see a lot, but I don't know if they have the picks to do that because I think he's worth more when he makes the table. But I wonder about uh, Artem Grushnikov. Now, obviously, the import thing, though. Yeah. And you got the import problem. So, it's tough, right? We're discussing here, like, how they can make moves and potential players. But when you look at players that make sense, it's tough to see. That's where you look at Oshawa, too, right, with Stewart. I mentioned Stewart. That's maybe possibly where that comes in. Mm-hmm. So that's a team to look out for, too. And then, plus, look for a team like Guelph. I know, obviously, we'll touch on the West next week, but look for a team like Guelph to sell. They got some decent defensemen there mm-hmm. uh, that can play that fifth, sixth role. That's one thing I can see North Bay doing, getting a fifth, sixth defenseman and uh, go from there. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing about Guelph, eh? You think everyone is, or nobody is untouchable. Except Allen, so yeah, Bushinger, yeah. Bushinger, yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting, but we're not going to focus on the West this week. Just one more team to go before we round out the show. Um, wow. Ottawa sixty sevens. <laughs> what else can we say? Twenty two five zero and one forty five points. Their winning percentage is eight oh four. I think they're going to go for it, Colin. Yeah, you know what? The scary thing is, they have two seconds this year at third. And two fourths, they have two seconds next year. Guess what their two seconds are next year. Okay. All right. Don't tell me. They uh, it sucks. You wish you could flip them. You wish you could flip the years. Hmm. 
So that last point made it interesting because my immediate thoughts were Niagara, Sudbury, or Guelph. Boom. Got it. Niagara, Guelph. Oh, there you go. All right. Yeah. You imagine yeah. they could flip years? You imagine if Ottawa had Niagara and Guelph pick this year? That would be, yeah. you know, like, and maybe it is. Maybe that is the move, you know, because they have two seconds, a third, and two seconds. They have no well, thirds this year. The following year, they have two seconds. They have Sarnia and their own, and they have three thirds. Honestly. And they can put a very aggressive offer together for Logan Morrison. Mm-hmm. They could. And I can see that happening similar to the Arbor Jack ideal. Hamilton wants 04s. Yeah. So that would be the that would be the move. You see an 04 go to Hamilton. And then you see Winterton step up into the Morrison role when he comes back. And then you see the picks coming back because Hamilton needs picks. That to me is the autumn. That to me is their big fish for Ottawa. Hamilton, remember, has no no second round picks 2022, 2023, 2024, and 2025. No seconds. And you talk about the Ottawa 67s, where those second round picks are early yeah. second round picks. To me, it makes too much sense because it's not Ottawa's picks. It's not like it's not even their own picks. To Ottawa, they don't yeah. have their own second round pick till twenty twenty four. So to me, that's playing with house money. Let's yeah. do it. You know that to me, I that's the move I think they do. I could see that similar to the Arbor Jack ideal um, for Logan Morrison. I could. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the move I see Ottawa making. But uh, and there was talks about that before when the Gil Shane news happened. There was talks about it being bigger. By bigger, who knows what that means, but yeah. that's a big move. That to me that's that's the move if it happens. Obviously, personally for us, it would suck. Like it would hurt to see Logan Morrison leave because it's been a treat to work with him. Yes, um, absolutely. He's such he's such a good guy. Um and uh, that would hurt, but to me if I'm Ottawa, that's the move I'm going after. Mm-hmm. All right. Did we figure out the trade deadline in the Eastern Conference? I think so. Hopefully. <laughs> we tried yeah, to anyway. That's fun. That was fun. Yeah, yeah it that was. was fun. I got the depth charts open on my iPad. I have my phone open with the picks spreadsheet. And then I have the card sheet to my left. I got like three things open on the trade deadline. So that's exciting yeah. times. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, power ranking? Mine has mine never changed. Yeah, let's do that quickly before we, before we head out. Not too much to, I think, really go on. Um, yeah, mine's the exact same as last week. Didn't change once. I don't. I didn't think there was any need to change. I think each team bounced back. Ottawa almost dropped it, but they battled, so they stay at the one spot for me. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ottawa's one for me. Um, I think North North Bay moves up for me. Okay, five zero zero and one. Um, I think I had them four last week. Um, yeah, I, I still have them four. four. Yeah, because yeah, I had Saginaw two, London three. So North Bay moves up. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's really my only change. Probably North Bay and uh, and London flip flop. Probably. Yeah, my, so mine is five Windsor, four North Bay, three Saginaw, two London, one Ottawa. That's fine. Mm, okay. Yeah. Big week this yeah. week for North Bay, though. Yeah. Big week. North Bay's a big week. They'll be up there for sure. Yeah. London getting the win over Ottawa was big. And then Peterborough. It's huge. That's, that's big. Yeah. But 
That's the power I hate your man. Yeah. All right. We are done. It was a fun week. And happy three years to us as Colin Ward turns the PlayStation on um, to play some shell. Should be fun. Um, yeah. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. And again, over the past three years, thanks so much for tuning in over the first 116 episodes, including this one. Uh, it's been a treat for sure. Um, for everyone that listened this week, we hope you enjoyed it. And we look forward to chatting again in seven days. Thank <laughs> you.